0: I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this is Two Two Films, Films, Two Curious, where the two of us watch two movies. And we're curious about them. Yes. But not this time. Because this is a special feature. And it's a special, special feature. It's a one film, two curious. Right. If we can do one, we can do three. Yeah, two films, three curious. No, three films, two curious. (laughs) We can do... Anyways, we'll have this fight off screen. Anyways, uh, today's episode is called The Two Films... In the Iron Too Curious, because this is also why you stuff. might ask. Let, well before we get into that, let's talk about who our our patrons are on Patreon and thank them for their generous patronage. Uh, Co-protagonists Nick and Chris, mm-hmm. who you guys know, friends of the show, been listening for years, donating for decades it seems <laughs> at this point, uh, but longtime contributor, first time patron. patron. Two Films, Three Curious alum Brenda, has funded a very special part of Two Films, Three Curious, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the title of the episode well, might make tangential sense. <laughs> Until then, uh, we're going to go over two of the questions that we talked about, like in the first episode. Um, we've got uh, for those of you who who don't remember from our first special feature, um, I uh, I work at a library, and on Fridays to uh, cure the monotony of well, especially during the summer, of literally no people going to an academic library on Friday in the summer, uh, we started asking a Friday movie question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a general question, and then you have to say what it is. Like, what's your favorite blah-blah-blah kind of movie? What's the weirdest movie you've ever seen, or whatever? And we're going to answer one now, and then we will answer one again at the end. But the first one is, take it away. So... This is a movie you would show to someone. You didn't start it the right way again. We've already recorded this part a second time. You're supposed to say, dig if you will a picture. Dig if you will
1: a movie. <laughs> a question about a picture. This is, what, this is the movie you show to someone who has never seen a movie. So this is the person that does not know about visual media, essentially. Right. They don't know what TV shows are, anything. You're showing them the first moving pictures they've ever seen. Fully ever seen? Maybe You've taken a zoetrope, them out of time, right? Or you found someone very sheltered now,
0: right? An Amish man, <laughs> oh, but not yeah, like that one weird. that goes to town to sell his wares.
1: What one that would want to watch a movie?
0: I would. I would apologize for being ignorant about the Amish, but I don't think they listen. So, <laughs> I guess it would just be like a symbolic <laughs> apology to make sure that you guys understand that we're not terribly prejudiced here on two films too curious two films too curious i
1: don't are i would hope not i would hope not i
0: i would not i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be out here and say i have no prejudices because i understand that we all have things we need to work on in our lives uh true that like apparently i have a thing about the amish so
1: <laughs> we'll work through that
0: we will but not with them because <laughs> where the fuck are they <laughs> anyways Movie you would show to someone who's never seen a movie. Someone before. who's never seen a movie. So I had trouble coming up with an answer to this. I feel like a lot of these questions I don't have answers for. I'm just curious to hear other people's answers. Um, and apart from your answer, which was probably the best, and ultimately ended up getting a lot of people to change their answer to your answer. Um, I'm just a trendsetter. What you are. Can
1: say, what can I say? Iconoclast.
0: Whoa. It's a movie, TV show. I had to put that in my bio. Put that, Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Torblum. At Tyler Tornblum on Twitter, iconoclast, (laughs) pronouns he, him. Anyways.
1: Well, mine is actually a quote from my answer to this.
0: It is. It is. I forgot about that. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, anyways. One of the answers, uh, one of the other answers that we got that wasn't your answer uh, was from one of my student workers who had proposed that a nice way to ease people into movies might be the way you, we eased into movies as a society as a society he suggested he postulated doing a silent film maybe not so aggressive in stuff theoretically these people who have not seen movies may have seen stage play and a lot of silent film feels like stage play so that's a a boon um and the one that he specifically recommended was metropolis um we had Mm -hmm. talked uh also about wings and i think that wings is a good idea as well if you're going for more of a like a, a period piece drama uh, but I really like Metropolis because it gives you fantastical elements, and also it's a movie, but also it's relatively easily digestible. Yeah. A lot of the silent movies I watch are horror movies. I don't know if I want to start somebody off with Nosferatu or something like that, but I think that I think that Metropolis is a great answer. And then you can you can uh, tailor select your uh, T- Tyler. Se- Oh, sorry. Thank you. Uh, select your soundtrack to, to play with the movie so that you get a soundtrack oh, that works yeah. for them. You can go with the original one, or if you find some You can play Amish weird, music. Feel free to play Amish music. <laughs> or the jo- Giorgio Moroder version.
1: Or uh, Weird Al.
0: Yeah. Did he do one?
1: Amish Paradise. Oh. <laughs> no. For... <laughs> Just give your answer, because it was a good answer. So my answer to this question is... The princess bride because not only does it have everything fighting fencing chases escapes true love it's got all of it giants um it also i think that specifically the framing of this is a story that a grandfather is telling his grandson really might help lessen the blow of what is happening i don't understand because it's a you, you get a story inception in that
0: but they'd be
1: like oh it's like someone's telling me the story. I can imag- I'm imagining this. I can see it.
0: Does that mean that Deadpool 2, the the Christm- the Once Upon a Deadpool version would also work? You know, I because don't know. Because Deadpool's telling the story <laughs> of Deadpool 2 to Fred Savage in a exact recreation of that set.
1: I don't know that that would work quite as well.
0: <laughs> oh, obviously not as well as Princess Bride, but similarly well. I would think that it would be like, like Metropolis, Once Upon a Deadpool, Princess Bride. yeah (laughs) okay you gotta watch that Um, i know you'll love it (laughs) um
1: but that i think that framing would help yeah explain that to someone who's unfamiliar with what movies are
0: yeah i like i like that answer a lot because you're right it is it is a great way to ease them into the concept of the way that a movie tells a story but also like metropolis it's not overly fantastical Mm -hmm. it's it has it's
1: Because it doesn't really have magic. Not really. I mean, Miracle Max does some
0: magic. Sure. It's it's still grounded magic. No one's like
1: casting crazy spells and stuff. Right.
0: And so even because of that, too, you don't have absurd special effects so Mm -hmm. much. Um, It's really, it's a, it's the reason why so many people like this movie. I don't know if you've read it yet, but in the Criterion Collection version of this movie, the little booklet that they have, um, the essay is from a film critic who watched it when they were a kid. And they were like, I don't know if this movie still holds up. I should ask the intended demographic. And they got their eight-year-old niece to sit down and watch it. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, he's like, what the hell is this? But by the end of it, she was like, the movie's awesome. She was fully on board with that movie. Um, and it, it really, it's just a, I don't, I think think that even the people that don't like it aren't people that don't like it ironically that they're just like i'm too cool for this movie i think that the people who the very 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 small group of people that don't like it just there's something fundamental in them that doesn't like this movie and that's a very small group of people
1: probably their amish background
0: it must be (laughs) you know it's another thing that amish people haven't seen the marvel cinematic (laughs) universe all right so uh, we had said that there was something special about uh, two films too curious alum Brenda's uh, patronage on Patreon. Uh, she has donated uh, a slot. She's uh, the one and only. It's there was one slot there and she took it. She is she is the sponsor for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Two films too curious rewatch. Mm-hmm. We will one a month go through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, watching each movie in, in release, release order. order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and discussing um, things about the movie uh, as as the movie as a singular entity, uh, as well as, as part of the, the whole, um, which until the other ones come out will currently just be the Thanos saga. Yeah. Um, but once we, once we end that, we can talk about the way that they continue past that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal here is, uh, I guess the, when we first had this idea, the goal was to try and find out. When the MCU started to have uh, a universal language through which it was told, yeah, uh, because... not that it's.
1: I mean, I think that a lot of them, a lot of the movies do become. I mean, they're superhero movies, so they're predictable in a way. Sure, but it's it it's obviously they, there's a formula they use. I'm right. Can figure out when they get to that formula. It's right. A, Obviously, it's a good formula. It's one that works. Because it makes
0: billions of dollars. But even besides that, even besides a a story formula or or anything like that, there's a a visual language to them as well, um, which was more obvious when we tried this operation the first time. We watched Iron Man 1 and Hulk 1 and realized that that visual formula did not exist at the beginning of this. Um, And actually, I had some thoughts about the story formula. Um, and whether or not it was there in the first one. We can talk to, about that after you give us some fun facts.
1: So, it's oh, a, about Iron Man. I guess yes. I didn't say which one yeah. we're watching. Iron oh, Man yeah, one true. comes out Man came out in 2008.
0: It's the first of them by only it's a couple of months because Hulk came Andy out a Jr. couple of months after. It's got the dude, old, old RDJ, old Jeffy B., Goop herself, Gwyneth Popeneth, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, and, uh, and John more. Favreau. Yes. Happy Hogan. Friggin' love John Favreau. He's so money and he doesn't even know it.
1: <laughs> I think he knows it a little bit.
0: Well, probably not. <laughs> but when he made this, he probably didn't know. Certainly how, not when he made Swingers. How money he was. Yeah, well.
1: Anyways, so give us some it's, fun facts. It's a well-known fact that a lot of this, that parts of this movie were, like, ad-libbed. Mm-hmm. It's, the most famous line that was ad-libbed was, I'm Iron Man. Yeah. That wasn't on the script. But I only found out today that there almost was no script. They were yeah. focused so much on the story and the action that a dialogue was mostly ad-libbed. Yeah. Um, some scenes were shot with two cameras to just capture each person as they were like just naturally talking to each other. He said that's why it it seems so natural when everyone's talking. Um, Robert Downey Jr. would ask for many takes of every scene because he wanted to try different things mm-hmm. because you he, he have the opportunity to. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, on the other hand, did not really like this. She had trouble matching Downey with a suitable line, and she never knew what to say. Probably because she wanted to
0: talk about goop the whole time. <laughs> you know who also uh, bounced off of that a little bit? Hmm. Jeff Bridges uh, said that yeah. he had some trouble doing that as well. I've seen they a couple of, a year or so ago a video came out of them sort of uh, testing the scene. Where they're at the big arc reactor and he the, finds, finds it out the about the box of scraps. No, no, no. Oh. Uh, oh, the when one he, before when Tony's that talking when he's talking to. Him. When, yeah, yeah, Tony's talking to him and he's yeah. like, "I know you've got the little arc reactor," um, and you can see like Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau are both like they're getting into it. They know how it works. And Jeff Bridges has this 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 like okay like I'm on board like I know that this is what we're doing um, but an apprehension that suggests that he would have been more comfortable. Uh, breaking away from a framework as opposed to generating the framework there.
1: Yeah, he. It's not one of the fun, fun facts I circled to talk about, mm-hmm. but it also mentioned basically the same thing that he likes to have a script.
0: Yeah, which is fair. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. It,
1: it, most actors and most movies have
0: scripts. Right. Some so. <laughs> some people some people like a mammoth control, and some people like an ad lib. So
1: yeah. At least at the time of this was written, mm-hmm. obviously I'm sure he's seen it now. Paul Bettany has not seen this film. Interesting. He's unfamiliar with the plot. He said that Jarvis was the easiest job he's ever had. <laughs> it was like a robbery. He worked for two hours, got paid a shit ton of money, and then went <laughs> on vacation with his wife. <laughs> I'm so glad he came back then because... Yes. He was... His role,
0: of course, expands when he becomes Vision. Right. But <laughs> And so good. He's so good as Vision. And it's so weird. I, I know that this is... Um, the way that, uh, movies tend to work. I'm not one of those people that's only, that's never seen a movie before. I know the sound movies work. <laughs> um, but it was, it was initially hard to shake the image of, uh, Chaucer from A Knight's Tale out of my head. Yeah. Um, for Paul Bettany, but Paul Bettany's voice as Jarvis was so good that I had no problem accepting him as Vision. Yeah, because I was eased into the concept of him yeah, as Jarvis voice. first. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, I liked that.
1: Um, I was going to say, I feel like he'd be good in a pirate movie, and that's because of Master and Commander. So, <laughs> oh, that's right, he <laughs> yeah. is in that. The same way that like Sean Bean obviously belongs in a medieval world. Right. I feel like Paul Bettany belongs on a ship.
0: Yeah, he does. He does. Um, Such good sideburns in that movie. Yes, from a lot of people. A you know? lot of people. But
1: we we'll, won't we'll get into the, how much how good that movie is. Uh, this yeah, was just a really to our smart... old episode about it. <laughs> this was a really smart thing they did hmm. to avoid spoilers about that final press conference. Uh-huh. All the extras in that scene were told that it's a dream sequence. Oh, <laughs> so maybe they wouldn't even mention it. Like, yeah, that, I just thought that was like kind of genius. Yeah. Actually,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's smart.
1: Here's one about how money John Favreau is. He's so money. He celebrated getting the job of director by going on a diet and losing seventy pounds. Good for what him. What a fucking guy. Yeah.
0: That's he's crazy. A, he, he's he's an interesting guy. I like him. I like him a lot. You should watch when you get a chance. Never mind. That's Mark Ruffalo. We'll move on. <laughs> uh,
1: I have actually I have extra fun facts on this one. Um, Jeff Bridges actually read some Iron Man comics to prepare for his role oh. as uh, Obadiah Stane. He also was excited to grow a beard and shave his head because he said it's something he always wanted to do. <laughs> and he looks he rocks fast. rocks the world. Yeah. yeah. He really does. This is also kind of a well-known fact, but it is very much a fun fact. At around 58 minutes, Obadiah Stane is playing the piano, right, as, as Tony walks in. Uh-huh. It's written by... The piece he's playing is written by 18th century composer Antonio Soleri. He was best known as the rival of Mozart. Um, I guess it, it, they said he murdered Mozart, but they have found out after the fact that it wasn't the case necessarily with that. Um, but it's like an appropriate parallel to him and yeah. Tony Stark.
0: I didn't I didn't know that. That's super it, interesting. Yeah. I heard another Salieri joke uh, the other day. It, said, it was a tweet. And they're like, do you think that Ryan Seacrest sometimes sees Mario Lopez and whispers under his breath, Salieri? <laughs> <laughs> Additionally, Two Films for Curious alum, The Other Bill, considers Mike Love our modern-day Salieri for the damage, the irreparable damage he's done to our modern-day Mozart brian wilson all right beach boys there you go that's a that's a fun fact about two films three curious i didn't know that fact yeah that's super neat i like that a lot that's 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 smart
1: it's a a john fervre move yeah and the last one these are my favorite types of fun facts is how things went wrong or they had to change something because of it During the final battle, there was originally going to be a sequence where Tony, in the Iron Man suit, Mm -hmm. drives an Audi R8 that would crash into Iron Monger's legs and flip over, after which Iron Man would split the car in half and jump out. However, the Audi R8 was so well built, it refused to flip. (laughs) Despite repeated crashes, and the roof would not split the way that John Favreau wanted it to because the car's frame was too strong. As a result, the whole final fight sequence sequence was rewritten, uh, the filmmakers were so impressed with the toughness of the car, that's why it's the convertible version is in Iron Man 2.
0: Ah. That's interesting. And I love
1: they had a plan and they had to change everything because the car would not break.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pick a kit car. Come on, guys. That's what they do for every Shelby Cobra that exists in any movie ever. They destroy a kit car. Because yeah. you don't want to do that in real life. No. All right. So let's talk about uh, Iron Man and its construction and how it works as a standalone and then how it works as a part of a whole.
1: It is constructed just like an Iron Man suit. It is. There's a lot of different pieces. Yeah. In fact, another and fun fact, over 430
0: pieces. John Favreau pieces. made it in a cave <laughs> with a box <laughs> of, scraps, of scraps, man. <laughs> no, um, one of the things that I thought was interesting was that, this is something that I realized watching it last night, that you were talking about storyline similarities a storyline framework Mm -hmm. that they have and there's a lot of things in iron man that feel like the other movies in the mcu when it comes to storyline especially for the origin stories then i realized it's because that's the way that superhero movies go that similarity is one that iron man shares with thor one hulk one ant-man but also the first of the sam raimi spider-man the first of the tim burton batman movies the first of the Superman movies, there's this idea that you can show, like you have to sh- you have to show the way that this person decides to become the superhero. You have
1: to show that defining moment and, you know, the circumstances around that moment.
0: A thing, though, that I thought was interesting that is not the same with almost all of those movies, uh, Two Films, Three Curious alum Devin pointed this out last night as we were watching it. Uh, that um, in a lot of movies and a lot of origin superhero origin stories, they show you all of the reasons to like this superhero. Yes. And apart from the in medias Reyes opening of the movie where you see Iron Man's car explode, um, they then cut to the past, and they show you all of the reasons for you to not like yes. him. <laughs> Just the way that he's a dick, and he's schmarmy and he's sleazy, and he's... Uh, misogynist at best, and just the, the ugh—he's just so scuzzy. And then you watch him realize the things that he does mm-hmm. wrong, and then become a good a good hero—not even a superhero, but obviously that too because they've got powers. But a good hero, a good person, because of this change.
1: It's it's the a direct parallel of him building his suit, yeah, in the cave, especially in the cave, which is it's rough. It's, he's realized things are, he needs to change the way he does things. Mm-hmm. When he gets out, he's not, he's kind of the same person, but it doesn't take very much longer after him getting, escaping from the cave that he, when he builds his first like prototype of the suit that he's also changing himself. Yeah. He's not just making external changes, but internal changes as well. Wow.
0: I just, I just thought of that. Metaphor. <laughs> Metaphor. Uh, Another thing that sort of ties it to the other MCU movies specifically, and this is an obvious story thing anyways. Agent Coulson being introduced at the very Mm -hmm. beginning of this whole franchise as the head of the Strategic Strategic Homeland, Homeland. SHI, uh, (laughs) Initiative, uh, Enterprise, (laughs) uh, Lowdown, Lowdown. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. They introduce Agent Something Coulson division, as yeah. the as the head of of Shield Logistics Division. Yeah, um, and uh, between that and then Nick Fury showing up in the end credits scene.
1: That's I was going to talk about the end. It from the very first movie, we have end credit scenes.
0: Yeah, that's another. That thing. is one
1: way that it is definitively a marvel movie which i know in credit scenes obviously existed sure. before and after but an end credit
0: scene that directly sets up the immediate next movie is, the is MCU. perfected by the mcu yes. if not originated and, by and, um, and
1: them doing it has made so many other franchises also do it yeah
0: exactly um another thing that i thought was interesting and this is something that i just sort of thought about i mean we, we talked about it a little bit especially with hulk which looks a lot that way um Iron Man One does not feel like it's shot the way that the mm-hmm. other MCU movies are. A lot of the shots are tight and close in on people's faces. Um, there's a the visual
1: language is not there. It's not the the there yet.
0: Um, and there's a there's a scene uh, in the movie Pepper Potts is supposed to get the information from Obadiah Stane. She knows that it's in Docking Bay ninety four, whatever uh, section sixteen. And so she goes down there and she's like, section 16. And it does this sort of like zoom in and then zoom out again on the door as they walk towards it. And mm-hmm. it's very action movie, but it's not very yeah. MCU superhero movie. <clears throat> and this is something I was thinking about in correlation to the other MCU movies. Um, they're, They feel like big action movies. Like, yeah. Like, Transformers, where you can see the whole thing, so that you can see Thor with his hammer, and he throws it, but then you also see all the other crazy shit happening behind him, and cars, and flips, but you're still getting that great shot on Chris Hemsworth's face as he throws the hammer, and Iron Man does not, I mean, I don't. I didn't watch that movie and be like, well, I want to see what's going on behind him, but it's not shot that way, yes. it's, it's... Even the battles, even the battle sequences. Yeah, they're not...
1: Which... I feel like it has maybe less than your average action movie like that. Mm-hmm. It's you have kind of your major one at the beginning. Yeah, him escaping the cave as his major like action sequence. Mm-hmm. You have him when he goes and blows up the tanks and kills all the terrorists, mm-hmm. and then that big fight at the end. There are little smaller things in there. Sure, but, those but are like, not there's only really. three real yeah. big action sequences in the movie.
0: Yeah, and I like it. It feels like, and it, it makes sense that that John Favreau is historically great at these types of things. It feels like a like an interpersonal drama or yeah. comedy because i mean elf is shot similarly as well yeah. but like even when like the scene in the battle at the end when uh obadiah Stane like tosses the minivan at him and he has to catch it it's you're not seeing wide shots of him mm-hmm. holding the car you're seeing him holding the car and you're seeing the people looking at him and then him looking at the people and it's very people centered not yep. event centered maybe that's what it is yeah that makes sense. Hulk has an entirely different thing, but we'll talk about that
1: in the next, next one. time. Um, one of the other things about this, and really, almost all the MCU movies up until maybe the second Avengers, I would say, Age of Ultron, is that there's no iconic music in it. You yeah. Have now, obviously, they use, like, ACDC, and sure. they use Black Sabbath, and... There's no
0: iconic score, just yes. iconic yes. soundtrack. There's
1: only an iconic... Yeah. And it's all mostly diegetic. Mm-hmm. Someone's playing it in the... Tony has his radio out or something like right. that. Um, in fact, there's a really good uh, YouTube video about that. It's called... I actually just pulled it up so I could find out what it's called. It's called The Marvel Symphonic Universe. It's by the channel Every Frame of Painting, which is a very good YouTube channel if you don't, uh, if you like movies.
0: Is he the one that does the Michael Bay one or is that the other guy? I think that's the other guy. Because the other guy does the Michael Bay one and that's what made me think about the way that the MCU, the later MCU movies are shot, that it looks like... Well, I mean, it's something Event Michael Center. Bay does really yeah. well, and it looks like that because of that. So,
1: but in in this video, the guy goes to random people and he's like, "All right, sing a song from Star Wars." Dun, 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 dun. Everyone can sing it, and he's like, yeah. "Indiana Jones," uh, all these Harry Potter, all these franchises, Lord of the Rings, even Batman, Batman, Superman, and he's like, "Sing a song from the MCU," and like no one can sing any of them. Right. Obviously, by the time we get to the second Avengers movie, we have now the Avengers theme, which is. It's used in the Avengers movie, but now it's been reused. It's yeah. been remixed and and at that point, especially now after Endgame. That is iconic. I think a lot of people could hum the Avengers theme if you ask them. I couldn't. Oh. <laughs> but I could maybe at the end of this piece. Yeah, probably. It's but even then that's like the single iconic piece, which makes sense because most movies you unless it's a franchise like that, unless basically unless John Williams scored it. Yeah. Do you even know the music? Well, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> We'll, we'll throw him the Bone, too. <laughs> and maybe Howard Shore for Lord of the Rings. Oh, sure.
0: But is that Howard Shore or is that uh, just Annie Lennox and Enya and the lady who does the Gollum song? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, another thing that we talked about that Iron Man is the first one really to do it uh, is something that you brought up, I think, about the heads-up displays and their helmets. Yes. We will talk about that.
1: That's... That's an an iconic Marvel shot. Well, there you always always have if someone's like driving or some a plane or car or anything. Like always, movies will have like a like an inside the cockpit view. But this is such a it's just his face with some lights by it. Yeah, like such I imagine like an ingenious way to have the expression because up until Spider Man, which because of Deadpool had an expressive mask that moves. You, you can't tell what Iron Man looks like when he has his suit on yeah you don't know what his, what he's if he's grimacing or like laughing or anything like that or if he's even there or, or if he's even there which is a plot point in some of the other ones yep <laughs> um yeah that that now iconic heads up like and it's really mostly used with Tony obviously they use it with when the war machine and shows sure, sure, up sure. and everyone else especially and in i mean and other other, other
0: masked ones like yeah. ant-man and stuff like that do
1: yeah. they do it in ant-man I don't, know. I don't know you can still see he has a visor you can see most of his face
0: can you and he always no, he always it covers it he's got
1: the no i mean you can see like his eyes yeah and the eyes are the most expressive part of you i think
0: yeah at least of you the eyes are the window <laughs> to the butthole
1: isn't the is the mouth the window to the butthole well, my mouth's the door <laughs> to the butthole Anyways. <laughs> That's real life, folks.
0: You heard it here first. Uh, let's see. We have some notes from before. John Favreau is an important part <laughs> of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I like that the
1: note is just John Favreau with a question
0: mark. These are these are small notes because it's on a very small whiteboard. We only got two movies in before we decided to uh, not fucking do this anymore. Uh, but now we're getting paid to. So we're infinitely more I'm comfortable. To, I'm so excited to do it. I'm excited to watch Hulk again uh let's see tight shots non-iconic music camera quality question mark i feel like maybe that's just because it's
1: 2008
0: right i think it could have been that also that we were watching the dvd version on that tv because when i watched the disney plus version on (laughs) a better tv it was fine (laughs) i don't i don't remember it being bad uh set up for quote a sequel but not for like infinity war that's fair too that a lot of
1: it's almost just a tease in this one right Oh, that's Nick Fury.
0: Yeah, that's we don't even know. Yeah, we don't even know. In Hulk is when we know that the, what the next movie is going to be. In Hulk, we know the next movie is going to be Thor because they, they talk about the hammer.
1: Well, that's the end of Iron Man 2, actually. Oh, is it? The end, okay. the end of Hulk, we know the Avengers are being formed.
0: Okay. Because, Tony, we'll, we'll talk about that in the Hulk episode. Sure, sure. But just the idea that the end credits scene, in later MCU movies, the end credits scene... Is a direct... Right, and building to a, a specific act, apex mm-hmm. a specific acme and iron man is not. it's just sort of introducing so the idea what, that this is going to have a sequel. If this was successful what right what do you think we're gonna do yeah
1: we could do other movies yeah
0: pulp fiction there's other superheroes yeah reservoir dogs
1: <laughs> i'd watch an mcu film by quentin tarantino
0: i would i don't know how many people i don't know if it would be good i don't think it would be good (laughs) but i would watch it it. (laughs) i would love to see his dc movie though yeah whatever that would be oh like lobo or somebody intense quentin tarantino's punisher i would watch that i would watch that although the punisher tv show the first season was good i bounced off the second season super hard I had trouble finishing oh. the second season. Was it I just like that you just yeah. bounced right off of? Just Kevlar all over me. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. There was something about the, the second season of the show. I, I think that I'm still missing a couple of episodes, and that's the, that's the only thing I haven't finished yet from the shows. Are they still on Netflix? Ooh,
1: that's a good question. I don't know.
0: Anyways, <clears throat> that's, that's all I've got for Iron Man 1. Do you have any, yeah. other, uh, any other information? It. No? So, uh, this episode will officially come out in April, which means that in May, we will talk about Hulk.
1: The Incredible Hulk.
0: The Incredible Hulk. The Ed Norton Hulk. Not the Eric Bana Hulk. Not the Lou Ferrigno Hulk. Who's the other guy? Who plays... Lou Ferrigno plays Hulk. As it... It's not... It's not Bruce Boxleitner. who
1: yeah, plays it in the Angley Hulk?
0: No, that's Eric Bana. So in, in, in the old Hulk from the eighties, Oh, Lou Ferrigno plays the body of Hulk and somebody else plays the body of, in that his name is not Bruce Banner. It's David Banner. And I don't know why. <laughs> I, think... I was going to say Mark Ruffalo.
1: You oh. said it was the other Hulk. <laughs> We're not to him yet.
0: Anyways, doesn't matter. In May. We'll talk about Hulk. Thank you again so much to Two Films for Curious alum, Brenda, for funding this deep dive into the MCU, both as individual films and parts of a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, we salute you, which you can't hear or on an it. audio format. Anyways. Uh, you,
1: like, slap your forehead.
0: Well, that, that, <laughs> that just sounds like what I normally do. It doesn't sound like a salute. Anyways uh let's go over one more of these questions before we call it quits uh what is your favorite sports movie my favorite sports movie is dodgeball that's a good answer
1: because i'm not really a fan of sports movies as a person who's not really a fan of sports i'm not really a fan of sports movies that's fair it's yeah like i mean there's just none of them are really I remember, watching, grab you? I remember watching Angels in the Outfield when I was a kid. I don't remember sure. anything about it. I There's an angel really in the like outfield. It. Well, they're probably playing baseball, I would imagine. <laughs> no. And see, and I like I mean, Sandlot, which is not necessarily... Sp- no, It's yeah. a coming of age and wrapped right. up in a sports it's movie. A,
0: it's a sports movie in much the same way...
1: The dodgeball. Well, <laughs> dodgeball is more explicitly a sport. sports movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, but yeah, no, I know what you mean. That's yeah, it it's it's a sports movie because you can't it's it's not in vogue to say, "Ugh, the Sandlot is my favorite buildings Roman." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what do you like about Dodgeball? What what do you think it is about Dodgeball that makes you enjoy it even though you don't enjoy other sports movies? Is it's it the, just the humor?
1: Specifically comedy. It's yeah. very it's a it's a comedy movie. It's not there are maybe there are very very few serious elements and Mm -hmm. even then they're played up for like a laugh usually so yeah i don't know
0: the the literal deus ex machina being labeled as such at the end okay yeah i can dig it i like sports i don't watch sports i don't play sports i guess i like the idea of sports what's Uh, your
1: favorite sport
0: i think baseball Except in a much more real sense. That was the wrong answer. Basketball say, is my you favorite go. sport. See,
1: that's the answer. <laughs> if I had to list
0: ways that I like, or reasons why I like basketball, I would probably put at the top of the list that I like the way they dribble up and down the court. It's obviously the Just like part. I'm the king on the microphone. So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and hey, taking it to the hoop. on the
1: microphone right favorite now. favorite
0: play is the alley-oop. I like the pick and roll. I like the give and go. Because it's basketball by Mr. Curtis Blow. I used to go to dinner and then take the girl to see Tiny play against Earl the Pearl. And Will, did Wilt you see Will you see score me, 100 points? Tell me, were you points? in the joint? The night, Will scored 100 points. And when Celtics won titles back to back and didn't give nobody no kind of slack. I think baseball. <laughs> I always wanted to play hockey as a kid. Basketball is the one that I like to play the most. Like, if someone were to be like, Bill, go outside and play a sport or I'll shoot you fully in the head, I would try and find a <laughs> basketball so I play basketball. That would be the one that I would want to play. Um, but uh, my favorite sports movie is Cool Runnings.
1: Uh.
0: I love Cool Runnings. It's a funny movie, mm-hmm. uh, but it has uh, a triumph. And I like a movie where where it is. it's not a placating pride, but a very serious, honorable pride to have completed a thing, yep. not to have won. Because sometimes it's very important to acknowledge how amazingly hard and noble it is to show up. To show up and perform your best.
1: Sometimes it's the friends we made along the way.
0: Sometimes it is the friends we made along the way. No, but I think that that's probably a contributing factor as to why Dodgeball is stuck with... I mean, Cool Runnings has stuck with me as much as it has. Um, I know that it's something that, that me and Nick specifically, but also Jack often quote at each other... Uh, and I remember having it on VHS, and uh, it's just it's just a great movie, and I really like it. How do you feel about Cool Runnings?
1: I don't know that I've seen the whole movie. I'll be honest really? with you.
0: Well, you know where it is. It's on the shelf. I've seen most. I've seen a. Should be on Disney Plus. I've seen the majority of it. Okay. I feel like
1: I don't know how it ends. <laughs> they you tell, you just told me, yeah, basically. They that's don't win. that's how I know I haven't seen it. You said the bobsled.
0: I, like, I don't know. <laughs> they like people are so excited about them i'm gonna tell you okay Bob, people are so excited their final run they go to they're going down the the like they're going up to go they're down the cool runnings as yes. it were <laughs> uh and now they're going up to to go down the track for the last time uh like uh junior's dad is there and he's excited about them and the newscasters are excited about them they're finally they're getting the respect they deserve and they're going down and they're doing pretty good they got a good they're getting a good time um, and then the sled breaks because their sled is a second hand sled and it's rickety and a screw comes loose and the sled breaks and they just they crash and they're sliding oh, and their heads God. are all bobbing and they're dead Fuck. and the movie cuts to this newsreel footage of them actually dead it's what well, got it it's R rating <laughs> no up until
1: that point it was not that was a solid PG movie.
0: <laughs> they, they, they finally crash and they, they slide to a stop just Yards from the finish line, um, and they they sort of they they're like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we're fine." And I'm like, "We got to finish this race." And they like the the medics are coming, but they all get out of the bobsled and they lift up the bobsled and they carry it to they carry their bobsled across the finish line. Classic slow clap, the crotchety dick at the end applauds, and then it has the you know they they left they left they left as olympians they returned four years later as equals or something like that it's hmm. a very it's a it as a lot of sports movies tend to be it's a very triumphant movie yeah something that is heavily parried parodied in dodgeball yes for sure <laughs> to great effect <laughs> for those of you who don't know dodgeball was one of the lost episodes of two films too curious
1: lost episode <laughs> as
0: we don't know where your notes are for it uh but it'll probably end up showing up eventually because it's paired with shaolin soccer which is a good pair to oh, do that's so. such a good movie
1: too
0: anyways uh do you have anything else you want to say not necessarily well uh i am gonna promise to be better about posting on facebook so feel free to see this on facebook later uh feel free to go to our patreon but also there's a lot of people out there that need it more than us right now so feel free to donate to them too uh and uh thank you for listening to our special feature we will have another episode next month yes and i don't remember what movies it is should i say on here or is it a surprise
1: i think it be a surprise okay to them not to me you can no. tell me after we stop you don't get to know until <laughs> we record it
0: <laughs> anyways thank you for listening and uh we yeah, love you and we love you